Every year, we dedicate one month to highlight the ways God has used the generosity of our faith family to demonstrate His love to people in our community and around the world. We have been partnering with and supporting First Image for many years now. Many of you probably remember the Baby Bottle Drive we would participate in every year. Since COVID, they have moved away from the Baby Bottle Drive, but our support for them has not stopped. We now provide that special support through Practical Love. As many of us can relate, the last couple of years have not been particularly easy for First Image. Last year, in the wake of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, many of their facilities were targeted for vandalism and arson. Their Gresham Pregnancy Resource Center was destroyed by a fire caused by a Molotov cocktail thrown into their windows. Yet, what man is meant for evil, God can use for good. They had plans to renovate the Gresham Center. Now, many of those costs will be covered by insurance. Yet, they have remained committed and faithful to loving and caring for the thousands of women who have come through their doors for various reasons. Kindred Grief Care is a new ministry they started over the last year. This ministry provides support groups that aim to bring about transformational healing for post-abortive women and support for women who've experienced miscarriage and stillbirth. Over this last year, more than a thousand women experiencing a pregnancy, many unsupported, came into one of the First Image's pregnancy resource centers. These women received care from a group of women committed to serving them in a way that will foster life. They provided over 500 ultrasounds, 300 newborn baby baskets, and 100 STI tests. First Image provides professional medical services as well as education, social, practical, and spiritual support. Many of the women walking through their doors are experiencing increased sadness, anxiety, and uncertainty. And so the compassionate care they receive, regardless of their story or background, is exactly what many of these women need as they get to experience very tangibly the love of Jesus in those moments. Participate in practical love by giving of your time and resources. Our goal is to raise over $100,000 and to pack 100,000 meals. To learn more about the projects, how to give, and how to sign up for the meal packing event, go to rollinghills.org love. What does God have in store for you through practical love? My name is Zach. I'm basically like the missions pastor here. And every year we, we get to celebrate what we call Practical Love Month in the month of February. And a big part of it is because we just recognize that God's been moving in your guys' hearts and you guys are incredibly generous. Um, and we want to share with you guys some of the impacts that the generosity that um, is from you guys, um, the impacts that it gets to have. And so, you know, talking about first image and actually, you know, it's kind of fun watching it, well, a little weird because it's like watching that video and the, where their headquarters is, like that's where I grew up going to youth group. And so seeing them like paint it and like cleaning it up and all, I was like, man, I remember that place. It's like, we did some damage there too, but you know, <laughs> not in the same kind of way. Um, but yeah, so First Image is one of those organizations that we just love partnering with. But you know, in the years past, we've highlighted other organizations that through practical love, um, like last year, we we talked about faithful friends and the mentoring thing, and you know, you know, right? I'm, well, they might be cleaning up right now, but downstairs, um, we do breakfast on Sunday morning. On Monday nights, we do Hope's Table, which is the dinner. And so, there's a lot of ways that your guys' generosity has an impact, both locally and then globally. Um, one of the things that uh, we we're not going to highlight this year necessarily, but I wanted to talk about is. In Uganda, they've been going through a pretty severe famine, and our partners over there have been helping with some of the famine relief work, and so we've been able to help with that. And actually, I wanna read a little text message from Val and Waffle, I'm just kind of giving them an update, or them giving a quick update. It says, thanks you guys, talking to all you, um, for all of your help with everything. We appreciate the assistance with the famine work, we have the tractor, and now would like to buy that. We're going to buy the seeds soon. Um, so they're getting ready for planting season. Uh, the rains will be coming next month, so we are preparing the land shortly. Waffle has a tractor maintenance training next week, which will hopefully help them figure out how to keep it in working shape. So uh, that we've been able to step into that and help in various ways, and we're going to continue stepping into that. I'm going to share with you one other thing that we're still trying to figure out. But before I kind of do that, because I want to close in prayer on that one, um, I just want to tell you guys, if you guys want to learn about the projects that we're doing, you can grab one of these flyers out there. Um, it's on one of the tables. 
Uh, and if you guys wanna, you can also just go to rollinghills.org slash love and you can figure out, and that's also true for giving too. You can go to rollinghills.org slash love to give. You can also write a check and just write, you know, practical love on the check memo, or you can uh, just cash in an envelope and just mark the envelope practical love. But I really just also wanna encourage you guys to be praying for us too. So there's giving, that's one way to participate and there's praying. And uh, I wanna just kind of share a little bit about what's going on with our partners in Turkey. Um, as many of you guys are probably aware, there's some really bad earthquakes there. And um, uh, our partners there are fine, but their friends in ministry, their partners in ministry, there's people that are still um, not accounted for or they know that they've passed. And so it's weighing heavy on their hearts. Um, and so we wanna be praying, I just wanna be praying for them and we're gonna be trying to figure out, we're working with them to figure out what that looks like for us to come alongside and partner with, with them and caring for our family over there because it's not just our partners, but the brothers and sisters in Christ, that's our family too. And so we're gonna be figuring that out, but let's just take a minute and pray. <sighs> Father, I just thank you that you give us this chance um, to come together as a family and to think about and pray for our brothers and sisters. Um, Lord, and just, I ask for us that you would give us wisdom as we think through what this could look like to help our brothers and sisters over there, our family. But I also just pray for the people that we know, our, our close friends that are over there, um, that you would bring encouragement to them, you'd bring strength to them, you'd bring peace to them. I also pray that you just give them wisdom and insight as they try to figure out, okay, what are we gonna do to care for the people here? Lord, we don't know what's going on. We don't understand you know, the extent of things, but we know that you do. And so we just trust all these things to you. It's in your name we pray, amen. All right, thanks, Zach. All right, good morning. Um, welcome to the second week of Practical Love. Welcome to a uh, national holiday today. Um, if you're not sure what that's about, then uh, it's probably because the Trailblazers aren't playing in the Super Bowl this year. Um, but uh, anyway, it's good to have you here. And uh, I also wanna thank those of you who have given me condolences the last couple of weeks over my Niners and uh, how Satan obviously stepped into that game and snatched it from the Niners. But uh, Anyway, so I just get to focus on the commercials today. Um, so looking forward to that. Anyway, um, last week we, we kicked off our month of February with, with um, looking at the heart of God. You know, as we are looking at opportunities to serve other people, not only in our community, but also um, throughout the world, it, it, it all starts with us understanding that, that God is good and God is loving and he has a passion for every single person. And we looked at the lost sheep last week and uh, God says he has a heart for everybody that's lost. And we're all born basically that way because we're born ever since Genesis chapter three, which we studied a couple weeks ago. We're born with this bent to trust ourselves more than we trust God, to, to doubt that God is good. And therefore, I need to take things in my own hands. I need to, I need to follow my thinking and my inclinations and my, my intuition um, more than I would trust a God who's the universe are in charge of all, who created all and created us and knows best for us. And so that, that struggle separates us from God. And God says he has a passion to bring each one of us back into a relationship with him. And we even compared it last week, you know, taking the, the cue from um, a shepherd going after a lost sheep when he has a hundred in the flock and only one's lost, but he goes after that one with passion. Just like, you know, you and I, uh, as a parent, would go after a lost child of ours in a, in a crowded area. And there would just be an urgency and a passion to that that God's saying um, he carries for us. And that when any time one person turns back to God and says, no, I, I, want, I want to follow you, um, God says there's a celebration. He throws a party because he's so happy about just one person 
realizing that, hey, there's a God who loves me, who created me, and who's good, and I need to get right with my creator. And so the, we're, we're going from there today, and really it's the heart of God leads to his mission on earth to reach people and to draw them back into a relationship with him. And so um, all throughout the Bible, there's this theme of knowing God and making him known. And it's just over and over and over. And so we're gonna look at a few of those um, passages today. And in fact, Jesus, when he was entering his ministry, he went around and he was inviting people to join him, to know him and to join him. And he said, uh, Matthew 4, 19, and he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So follow me, be with me. Just be, spend time with me, know me, and I will make you, I will do a work that transforms you into someone who joins me in trying to reach other. I will make you fishers of men. And so that is a nutshell of every person who places their trust in Jesus is invited into that work. And uh, let's see, Pastor Bill Colton told me, and let's see if I can get this right. I don't remember who said this. And so we'll just say, according to Pastor Bill Colton, um, God's church doesn't have a mission. God's mission has a church. And, um, and hopefully that's life-changing to you, because I thought that was pretty insightful at the time. But um, what we're talking about today is not anything new. It's not, um, if you've been a follower of Jesus for, you know, a couple of years, you've heard about this. And so this isn't going to be a thing of, I'm going to tell you a bunch of things that you've never heard before, most likely. Um, so a lot of times we, we go and we listen, and we, we listen, it's like, tell me something I haven't heard before. Tell me something new. Give, give me a, a little insight into the language or the history or that's like, it's going to just, you know, blow my mind. I never thought of it that way. And, uh, um, and sometimes we call that the meat. Give, give me some meat. Give me something I haven't heard before. Do you know what Jesus called the meat? He said, um, my meat is to follow my father who sent me, is to obey him. And so Jesus doesn't think the meaty stuff is the new things we never heard before. But Jesus says the meaty stuff is doing what you've already heard. And there's nothing more true than when it comes to making disciples. Because Jesus said as he's leaving the earth, he, he said, hey, go into all the world and make disciples. Matthew 28 um, 18 to 20, through 20 is called the Great Commission. Um, you're probably very familiar with it. Many of you could um, quote it to me, but it says, and Jesus said to them, and he said to them towards the end of his time on earth before he left, uh, it's one of the very last things he said to them in, in Acts 1.8. And he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And so he has all authority in heaven and earth, and he is going to go with us in life through the Holy Spirit and to empower us to be able to carry out the mission that he's called us to, which is to join him in knowing him and making him known. And so we all have the same mission. We all have a common mission. If you're a follower of Jesus, and um, that mission comes from God. Now, he says he empowers us, he uniquely wires us, and he uniquely places us in order to carry out that mission. And so you, nobody can say who's a follower of Jesus, yeah, he didn't mean me because I'm an introvert, um, I'm not especially gifted as a communicator. And so he didn't mean me. And Jesus is saying, no, I mean, you go throughout the Bible. It's, it's the New Testament. It's the theme is know Jesus and make him known. And it's over and over. He says it in lots of different ways. We'll look at a few of those today. But um, he's gifted each of us to be able to fulfill that mission. It doesn't mean that 
everybody I talk to and invest in is going to have their life changed by Jesus, but that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to know him and share what I know. And, and then trust God. You know, the, it, the results are up to God in actually transforming people's life. Unfortunately, even though this mission is easy to understand, it's easy to, to think, okay, I can find this all over the Bible. Um, unfortunately, most people who say they're Jesus followers don't do it. Now, is that possible to be a Jesus follower and not do it? Well, I, I don't think so. Jesus said in um, Luke 6, Jesus' words, Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? In other words, the first part can't be true if you're not doing the second part. You know, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And see, somehow we change this simple idea of we need to know, we need to know God, and then share what we know. And we change that to um, we need to know God and we need to um, agree with the Great Commission. I agree with your heart, God, and so I'm good. I agree. Are you following him in it? No, but my heart really resonates with what he's asking us to do. And we're not doing what Jesus asks us to do because we would rather do what we want to do. And stepping into somebody's spiritual journey can be uncomfortable. It's like, what if I mess it up? I'm feeling a lot of pressure. And so we change it. We tweak the Great Commission into um, go into all the world and you personally study God and, um, and maybe people who agree with you, you hang out with them um, and just, it's just about you and God and just grow that. And, and obviously as we look at this, it's not it. And so we, we turned it into um, following Jesus and making him known means following Jesus and study making him known. Uh, let's just learn more about him. Let's just, if somebody one day cornered me and said, could you tell me about Jesus? Um, and I'm praying that God would, would give me that opportunity. If they would quarter, corner me and say, I really want to know God, will you tell me something about him? Then I just need to study so I can be prepared for that moment. And so we study and we study and, um, and we miss the opportunities that God gives us, where he plants us, um, if we just were faithful enough to be willing to engage people in their spiritual journey um, and just be interested in them, not because we want to force anything down their throat, but because we care about them, we're interested in them. So tell me about your life. Tell me about your spiritual journey. What'd that look like? Um, and just ask questions and listen. He, would give us, he gives us those opportunities, but because we're not living on mission, we're not even seeing them half the time. And so we change it. It's, it's, it's kind of like um, if your boss came to you and said, okay, I, I have this big meeting tomorrow with investors, and I need to know the numbers of our sales for this last quarter, and I need them compared to a year ago, the same quarter. And so could you get me those numbers tomorrow so I can go into there and um, have this critical information? that I'll need to have for this meeting. And you say, sure. And then the next morning, your boss comes to your office and says, okay, I need those numbers, do you have them? And you said, oh, I got something better. It's like, well, what's that? He says, I, I really didn't, you know, I don't have the numbers for you, but what I did is I, I stayed up just about all night and I got online and I studied the history of mathematics. And I, I, I know the history of mathematics and I, I looked at theory I even, I even can um, you know, give you the etymology of the word mathematics. And I, I know all of that. And so I just feel like you know, one day I might be able to really deliver at accurate numbers. And so would you like to give me a raise? I mean, your boss would say, no, I would like to give you the door. Goodbye. You know, it's like you did not do what I asked you to do. It's obvious that this is not helpful to him and not what he's asking us to engage in. And yet when it comes to God, that's what we do. 
It's like, God, I am so busy. You know how busy I am. I am so ungifted. You know how ungifted I am. Um, somebody else could do this. And God said, no, um, right now on this, world, on this world, I'm an invisible God, but I am seen through my followers who know me and love other people enough to reach out to them. And that's how I'm known, through you. And so when you just ignore what I'm asking you to step into, um, the world's being ripped off. And I can, I can work in lots of different ways, but I'm asking, I want to work through you and in you. Join me in my work. Mark 3, 14. And he appointed 12, who he named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach. There you go. I mean, that's, that's how simple it is. Be with him, and then go. And let people know what, how you've been changed by him, what you're learning about him, just share what you know. And so be with him and then share what you know. So let's start. How, how do you live on mission with Jesus? Well, you be with him. You, um, you get connected to his heart. You know him. You know that he is good. You know that he is trustworthy. You trust him, which builds your faith to know that, oh my goodness, he's not going to burn me. I can trust him. He's transforming my life. And then, um, then you have something to share, don't you? It's like, God is good. I'm experiencing it. And then you have something to share. John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, this is after Jesus did a couple of big, big events, big miracles. And he's with his disciples just in a quiet time. And he says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall not thirst. And so he's asking his followers, are you going to leave me? You're going to go someplace else. So it's going to get tough. And Peter says, well, where should we go? I mean, you just said the things that my soul is longing for will not be met by anything or anyone else but you. Where else would I go? Now think about what's your soul longing for? Well, I would like to have peace. I would like to know my life matters, that it counts, that I'm not an accident. My life has a purpose. I would like to be, I have a solid identity that when I fail or when people are down on me or are saying bad things about me, that it's not going to be shaken, that it's going to be rock solid. I still know who I am. I would like to know that in life, with, with the junk that's happening in life, that I, I could have joy. Is that even possible? Jesus is saying, it's possible, but you're only going to find it in me. And so why are we living, chasing all these other things? Well, it's because we don't trust God's good. And so we think, I know what's best for me. And God's saying, ultimately, if you're going to surrender to me, you're going to surrender to me and trust me because you know I'm good. So trust me. Follow me. And as you do that, and I start doing a work in your life and around your life, share that with other people so that they can know me and trust me. Um, that's, I mean, he needs to be your fuel. You know, spending time with him needs to be your fuel. He needs to give you a good perspective on life instead of a pessimistic one or a woe is me one or there's just messed up things all around me and pain all around me and, and this is just not right. And Jesus would say, yeah, it's not right. And I can tell you why it's not right and I can tell you why I'm bringing, those, I'm bringing hope. And it changes your perspective in life. Um, your vocation uh, is not your calling in life. It may be something God uses. It may be a great thing, but it's not your calling in life. Your calling is to know God and make him known. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's no, I mean, it's clear. It's clear. The question is, are you, are you going to join him? And typically we don't join him because we don't know him and we don't trust him. And so know him and then make him known. Um, now let me just speak to one of the elephants in the room. And, and that is, hey, Bill, it's easy for you to say because you're paid to do that. You know, it's like you should be thinking about it because you're paid to do that. If I was paid to do it, I'd think about it too. And so, um, as you know, in a couple years, I'm not going to be lead pastor. And uh, so January 1st, 2025, 
I'm going to wake up that day and not be lead pastor, probably. Um, better not be. No. Um, but you know, that day, I have an equal opportunity as I do today to trust God with my life and to live for him on the mission he's given me. Different circumstances, different maybe scope, but that day I will have just a big opportunity to trust him with my life and to live for him. That's, that's for all, that's all of us. And today, maybe the big news of today is um, I've just, I just became a better follower of Jesus because I know the genius is not learning things I don't know. The genius is surrendering to him and following him and trusting him, living a life of trusting him. And he's saying, man, spend time with me, know me, and let people know what you're learning. Let, let people know what you're seeing. Let people know what I'm doing in your life. Know me, make me known. How do we live on mission? Pass on to others what God has done and is doing in you. Pass on to others what God has done and is doing in you. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. Okay? And uh, he has invested his life in Timothy. In Timothy, He's saying, this is what I'm learning about God. This is what God has taught me. This is why I trust Jesus. And um, this is what he's doing. And I want you on that journey with, and I want to help you. And he said, okay, I've done that with you. I'm about to die. So this is kind of his last will and testament, second Timothy. Okay. And he's writing him saying, this is my last will and testament, man. What I've been doing with you, do with others. And God's good, and you know it, and share that with other people. And that's the journey that he says, entrust this. That means I am transmitting something I know to someone else. And so he's saying, Timothy, I've done that with you. You do that with others. And so he's being intentional. Okay? He's just saying, hey, I'm, I'm doing life with people. One of the things I'm doing while I'm doing life is I'm just pointing them to, to God's good. God's good. Man, I know that in my life, because I've seen it, he's good. And taking other people on that journey. Later on, the next chapter, uh, 2 Timothy chapter three. Paul to Timothy, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. He goes, um, I, I haven't influenced you and discipled you as a follower of Jesus by just giving you theology. But you've seen my life. You've seen how I lived. You, you've seen how God has impacted me and I've told you, you know, the decision I'm making and why I wanna make them because I believe God's good and he's worth following even when it's scary. Even when bad things happen in circumstances. And Paul's about ready to be killed because of his faith in Jesus and he knows it. And he's saying, man, you've seen the peace that I've had. You've seen the joy that I've had. You've seen my faith. You've seen the goodness of God because we've been in a relationship. You know me. And so as followers of Jesus, um, knowing Jesus and making him known isn't, isn't spending time with Jesus and going and preaching all the time. It's being with people so they can see how that's impacting your life. And Jesus and, and Paul said to Timothy, hey, um, just being with me has influenced you because you see my life as I've been trying to follow Jesus. Now, that means there's an expectation that God has placed you, you, who you are, where you're at, and there's people in your life that he has placed you there to influence. And so expect to be used. I mean, remember this. Expect God to transform lives, starting with yours and then others. It, just have an expectation. God's going to trans, he's going to 
change me. As I spend time with him, he's gonna impact the way I think. He's gonna correct lies with truth. It's, it's gonna impact how I live, how I see life, how I wanna live, how I wanna impact others. And I will begin owning more and more his mission as I more and more trust him. And so expect to be used. Expand, be hospitable. Invite people into your home. Invite people into your calendar. Spend time with people. And just allow the invisible God to be seen through you. What is God? Well, he loves people. He cares for people. So when you're with people, do you talk about yourself all the time? Are you asking people? How are you doing? What's going on? I, mean, I saw somebody I hadn't seen for a long time, and I said, hey, give me the Reader's Digest version of what's been going on in your life. And um, he was old enough to know what a Reader's Digest is. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, just give me a glimpse of what's going on in your life. And take an interest in the lives of others. And, um, and you're going to find out you're going to have opportunities to share what's going on in your life as well. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. So Paul said, um, entrust what I've given to you about Jesus and trust it to others who will be able to entrust it to others. Very next verse. Share in suffering. Oh, that's exciting. As a good soldier of Christ Jesus, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. And so he's saying, hey, be like a soldier. Be focused. As a follower of Jesus, be focused entrusting your superior officer and do what he says. And what, what's your marching orders? As a follower of Jesus, I'm to know him and make him known. I mean, it's simple. But as a soldier, and your general says, okay, we're, gonna, we're, we're going up to the front lines. We're stepping into this. Um, you're gonna help us win this war. And you say, uh, excuse me, that doesn't sound safe. You know, I, I prefer safety and it's gonna make me uncomfortable to be in that situation. And so I think I need to call my therapist and say, if, you know, if this would be okay for me to step into. And, uh, the, and your general would say, no, it's okay for you to step into prison because you are an officer or you are a soldier and your job is to do this and lives are on the line. And so we just wouldn't do it. And Paul's saying, be focused like a soldier is to their general, to, to their um, superior officer. And uh, that's a different mentality than, than a lot of times we've been thinking. Now, we know we are in a spiritual battle, and we know our enemy is Satan, and he wants to mess you up. And so a lot of times when we think, oh yeah, I have, a, I have an enemy, it's Satan. He wants to get me off my game, make me worthless for God. And so probably what he's gonna do is today on the way home after you know, I'm in church, because I'm, I'm a good soldier. Uh, and then, but then on the way home, the enemy's going to attack. And it's probably gonna be like, hey, instead of going home, I want you to drive downtown, and I want you to throw rocks and bricks through windows, and then crawl into those windows and steal things. And you're going, I'm ready for that. I am ready for Satan's attack and I'm gonna say no to it because I'm a good soldier and I am a follower of God and I would not do that. And I want you to know, Satan's not gonna tempt you that way because that's just dumb. Okay, it's just dumb. Although some people do it, but it's dumb. Okay, he's not gonna attack you that way. He's not gonna say, hey, today I'm gonna tempt you, go buy drugs and give them to your children. You know, I was like, no, I'm standing strong against that. No, he's just not going to do that. Let me tell you what he's going to do. Satan's going to attack you and get you off mission by getting you to spend your time and your energy and your resources on you. If he does that, He's going to win. See, we, we might even be here today in church because secretly we're hoping that this makes God happy with us and then he will do something for you and help you build your kingdom. And see, that's... I mean, we're... 
God's not king in those situations. We're king and we're playing a game and don't even realize we have been fooled by Satan and we're carrying out Satan's plan, not, not God's. God's saying, hey, I, uh, I am so happy that you're turning to me and I want you to trust me and I want you to follow me. And we think, well, maybe if I trust him, he'll follow me. And we just need to repent of that. And the God of the universe is, uh, is the hope of the world. And you're on a journey probably realizing he's your hope. But uh, he's inviting you to let other people know that. And if our enemy can get us just thinking about us, then uh, we've lost. Um, now, as we talk about this, this isn't new, but it means I have to be intentional and I have to be intentional in my relationships. And um, I'm busy. I'm really busy and I'm really tired. And so all you're doing to me right now, Bill, is making me more tired as you hear this. And so um, I just decided, okay, I'm gonna go right after the hardest group of people to hear this and try to give you some practical ideas, okay? So you young parents, you're thinking, hey, uh, just take a glimpse into my life for a second, Bill. Uh, I wake up in the morning by my children who are my alarm clock, who get me up earlier than I wanna get up. And then I, I, I gotta get some food in their stomachs and I need to comb their hair and make sure they brush their teeth and get the get clothes on and, and get them ready for their day. And then when they, they go to preschool or go to school, um, then my day job starts. And I go to my day job trying to forget the, the, the whirlwind I just got myself out of. And I do my day job. And then when my day job's over, I'm trying to switch gears and go, oh, I gotta f feed these little wild things. And so am I gonna make something? Am I gonna drive through someplace? You know, no judgment. You can drive through. And, um, and feed them. And then that begins our evening routine that leads up to getting them to bed, which is then all about demands in, in how I'm trying to, to work with them to get them to convince them that no, actually every night you go to bed and again, you need to do that, you know? And so then you get them down and, um, and you're done. You got nothing left. And so you're thinking, okay, spend time with God and let other people know the impact that's having you. I don't have time or energy. So um, let me help you out. Um, there's times where you go to the bathroom, you can lock the door, and you can take your phone with you and on your phone, there may be a Bible app. And if there's not one, put one on. And uh, if kids are at the door, just say, I'm going to the bathroom, leave me alone. And let's search for quiet times with God. Moments of quiet times with God. Let off of your shoulders, you do not have to do an hour long Bible study every day. Okay, that's just not the season you're in. So release that. All good followers of Jesus know Greek and Hebrew. I don't know either one of them. No, release that. And look for moments that you can be quiet with God. I mean, maybe it's setting an alarm and saying, kids, if you wake up earlier than the alarm goes off, then you can be up, but you have to, you know, you're, you're in your room until the alarm goes off. And you get up 20 minutes for that alarm and you just grab five minutes. They say, God, um, I wanna hear from you. And you're not gonna probably, you're not gonna probably read the Bible through in a year because that's gonna take more time. And so it's just gonna add guilt to you that this is what I should be doing. I started it, I can't do it. It's like, don't do that. My pastor just told me not to read the Bible through in a year. Um, but. I want my time with God to be good. And so 
a lot of times I'll just open my Bible and read until I feel like God's talking to me. And sometimes it's 10 verses, and sometimes it's a chapter. But God, I want to hear you. Talk to me. And sometimes it wasn't, I don't get anything. And I still thank him that, man, I had, I had a few minutes there where it's just me and you. And maybe you just want me to rest. Um, you, God is with you all the time. And so look for opportunities anytime and anywhere that you can grab with God. Maybe it's after you drop the kids off at preschool, you're driving to work, man, just put some worship music on. Um, maybe it's dropping the kids off for basketball practice at night and, uh, and you usually go in and watch practice. It's like stay in your car for 10 minutes and get your Bible app out and, and read and just say, God, um, I just want to be with you. Quiet my heart and my soul. And God's saying, hey, I don't want your frantic life and I don't want to make it more frantic. I just want you. I just want you. Buy a Bluetooth speaker. Um, my Bible app has audio. Put it, put it on audio while you take a shower. And listen to some words of God. And you say, well, that's going to be a, a three-minute shower. I'll be lucky if I get 30 seconds of listening, you know, with my, my mind wandering, with listening to what God has to say. Well, that's 30 seconds that you didn't have. I mean, look for quiet moments that you can grab with God and snatch them. Be with God. Now, let me tell you this. If you're going after those quiet moments with God, your kids are going to see that. And I promise you, your kids seeing that in your life, mom or dad, is going to be better than you being able to answer every Bible question correctly for them. But seeing you fight for moments with God, it's going to have an impact on your kid's life, but you're doing it because he is the bread of life. He is what your soul longs for even when you don't even know it. And so grab moments um, with him. What are the ideas that I have? Um, driving in your car, audio Bible, put that on. Uh, uh, put your, your ear pods on, listen, listen to to uh, your Bible or a podcast or a sermon while you're working out. Something that would just connect the guy, listen to worship music. Just look for opportunities for you to connect with God. And as you do that, you will grow in being his follower and you'll be less likely to become crazy. <laughs> Man, being a parent is hard and having young ones is really hard. Um, make your home your mission field. You know, a lot of times we think, okay, for me, in order to make disciples, you know, I, I got to go to Uganda. And I just can't do that. I got young kids. It's like, no, you don't have to go across the world. Make your mission field your home. Um, invest in your kids in their spiritual journey. First, by trying to, trying to grab quiet moments yourself with God. And then, how can I help them? And a lot of times we, we just, we, we always go to these things like are just impossible. Every day at dinner, we need to sit down and I need to, to um, do a half an hour devotional with my two-year-old. It's like, man, just get that stuff out of your mind. That's just, it's, it's, just, it's just dumb for you right now. Okay, it's, it's just, you can't do that. But, you know, when your three-year-old tells you something that happened good today at preschool, and I have a friend, just go, okay, we're going to thank God for that. And just take a second right there and just say, thank you, God, for friends and how it makes life even better. If your child comes home from preschool and they had a tough day and they've been crying and it's... Thank you, God, that you care when we have tough days like that. And when our heart hurts, it actually hurts your heart 
because you care for us. I mean, just grab moments, just live life. And as you're spending time with God, live that life with your kids. As your kids get older, sh- share with your kids your you know, questions that you have about God that just don't make sense, that you struggle with, and how you're trying to work through those things. I mean, your kids need to know that you're thinking, and you're seeking God, and you're learning. And when they have questions, I mean, let them ask questions without you being shocked or horrified. And uh, just be, allow it to be a place where they can ask questions. And you can talk about it together. You don't have to be defensive. And you don't have to be, always have your way to be right. Here's the right answer. But know that your child is in a spiritual journey just like you are. And so make place for them to have questions. Here, here's, here's the last thought. Um, let others help you. Get people into life of your, in your life and in your kid's life who will also reinforce God's good. God's good. I mean, y- your kids need to know that God's good for more than just you. They need to hear it from other people. Okay, here, here's a big one that is becoming less and less valued, but you're here, and so we're on, we're on the right track. Um, Make church a priority for you so that you can hear from God and you know that, hey, your kids are gonna be taken care of and you are here every week without your kids in here too. And you can hear from God. But you know what's happening with your kids? Your kids are being cared for by an adult who cares for them and knows God is good. That they're hearing it from somebody besides you. And it's being reinforced. And you need to have, I mean, and your kids are watching you. You make this a priority, they'll realize, I, you know, maybe I don't understand why, but this is a priority in my parents' life. They're struggling to find time with God, and they're making this a priority. And um, you know what's going to happen is your kids are gonna know that, they're gonna see that. And let me just tell you, um, if you're used to watching online, I'm so glad you're watching online. But if you're in the area and you have kids, man, just give it your best shot to get here. Um, I saw a couple families coming in about 9.25 this morning and they looked exhausted. And I was just going, you did it! You got here! And it didn't look like they were, you know, like, oh, um, everything went great this morning. Um, but you know what? Their kids are being loved on and being taught that God's good Amen. by people that's other than them. And they get to come in and say, God, talk to me. Talk to me. Get other people in your life, friends, who are on the same journey as you. And then, um, you know, as you talk about your life and your journey with your friends, your kids are going to see it. And you know what they're going to start learning? My journey with God is not an individual, isolated journey. But it's a journey with other people on the same journey. By how you live, you reinforce things that you want to reinforce. Spend time with God. Fight for quiet moments with God. God will begin doing something in your life. Share that with others, starting with your kids. And look for opportunities uh, for your kids to, to know that God is good. And have other people in your life on that same page. We're given a mission, it's simple but it's hard. And so let's be focused on it. Let's encourage each other on it. And uh, God, God will do things every once in a while that just, oh my goodness, I can't believe he's allowing me to see this. Or I can't believe 
where I was five years ago compared to where I am today in how I see my life, in how I see the world, and the hope that I have. God is a good God, and he says, follow me. And as you learn, let other people know about it. And there's our mission. All right, let's uh, bow our heads. And uh, in here, hopefully, the Spirit of God is talking to you about something. And so I, I just, we just don't want to let those moments of us hearing from God in, in the quietness of being away from the normal um, whirlwind of life and, uh, and lose them. And so just spend a moment with God saying, God, I heard you today, and I'm taking it as a thus saith the Lord. And, and therefore, what does that mean? And for others of you in your spiritual journey, um, today may be a day where it's like you, you need to surrender. That God is good, you were created for him, you were made for a relationship with him, and uh, it is time to surrender and follow him. Father, I pray for each person here, and this week, as uh, you know, we've spent time with you today, um, you've spoken to us, and I pray for each person who this week attempt to follow you by taking a step of faith and putting into practice something that they feel like you gave them today. And I ask that you would, you would just reward their efforts to trust you. You know, give them a sense of peace even if it didn't, doesn't turn out the way that they were thinking or that they envisioned. And just give them a sense of, man, I, I, am, I took a step today uh, to trust you, to be with you. And uh, may that become something that is more and more valued and not uh, something, okay, I need to make time for this, but I am willingly fighting for it because it's so rich in my life. Well, thank you for your guidance, Father. And as we trust you, um, I know you will transform and change lives. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.